0: Blog Talk Radio. great and liberating things for me and I think why this thing came to fruition. Uh, you know, I made a big deal that this stayed quiet, you know, and, and you know, first of all, you know what I was doing? I was, um, you know, part of the rumors are things fly out of that building. And so I wanted to see could I trust this building. Is by law, we go we go we go 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 let yeah. go, we red, go, red, Sam, go. red Let's go, red, Let's go, red, go, red, go, red, go, red, low red, go, red, go, dumb. On a bit of rum. Uh-huh. My low, go, red, go, little go, red, Puerto red, go, red, go, red, go, go, red, go, red, the red, got a little powder on my breath. Empire rolls, still banging green light. My 49, tall cans, double shots. Middle finger up, motherfucker, see Seahawks. Red zone banging, got drama, let it pop. Killer California, Houston, Texas. This lane gang hopping out of Lexus. Niggas be fronting, not die hard. Hopping out the Malibu, all kinds are. Santana family, rappin' in the shot. Me and Orvello eating Giordano pie. Ray Red's hollering, not a spy.
1: home team. My tailgate party is a red and gold thing. Bang, bang, uh, on of game. Yeah, ho, I'm faithful. That means if we lose, bitch, I feel, be grateful. You a bandwagon uh, rider. Always been a knife. Kings nine. of the bay, Boy, call us size. Go so, uh, back, sir, to Steve Young, Gary Wright. Gary Joe, Montana, riding light, red and white. My uh, Mike, uh, rookie, for that black and brown power. Mer- we can't stay ready to kick off in an hour. Roll us out. My team number one. Not a bylaw, the red and go, we go dump. Not a bylaw, the red and go, we go dumb. We go gum. Let us buy
0: all red and go we go gum. Let us buy law ready, we go gum. Uh my interactions with Jed York is he's a guy who all he wants to do is win. Uh, he's tired of uh um, you know Some you know, strife And contention In the building He wants harmony Um We can't beat around the bush We gotta get right to Do I wanna work For these people To me um, That's an awesome deal And I understand, and I think just from being around it and being a football fan and being up there and playing for Bill, um, from being around Ronnie and feeling his presence to Tina Turner and Bill Ringler on that staff, I just get, you know, what dawned upon me. This isn't just a normal franchise. This is one of the iconic franchises of football, and the opportunity to restore that to its glory and to work really hard to do that that, that, that just got me, and so...
1: What's up, y'all? i Bro for how's everybody doing today. Hope everyone had a blessed week. And as I get into this, uh, thank you for tuning in. Hope everyone had a blessed week. Today, I and co-host Adam, founder and president of 49ers Insiders Room, are going to go ahead and review Niners Vikings. And, of course, we're going to take their calls and texts as well. The number to call in is 646-668-8467, and the number to text in the show is 408-785-3015. But before we get started today, it's with great sadness that I have to announce the the death of Niner brother, uh, Frankie Santos the the, second, the third, who was c- killed in front of his home on Raymond Avenue in, here in San Jose, uh, he was. I've heard he was shot. I've heard he was stabbed. But basically, he got into it with a Raider fan in front of his house and uh, died in, in the arms of his wife while his two young boys were inside. I met his father yesterday. His father. Uh, his father. Came out and, and to the 408 watch party along with his mother and uh, sister and. I met a, a couple of people that, that were there representing him. Um, it was heartbreaking. You know, I walked up to his father, and I had said, um, you know, as a father, I, I can't imagine what you're going through. Um, oh, great. Adam's call dropped. That's just wonderful. My, uh, man, I swear. Um, so they, uh, there is a, a trust fund set up for his children. If you are interested in donating to the trust fund, go ahead and uh, via PayPal, go ahead and um, the email to use for the PayPal is L M 77 at gmail.com. So that's G-U-T-I-E-R-R-E-Z-L-M-77 at gmail.com. I um, also come join me and the rest of my 408 Empire family at Empire Row this this coming up Sunday at the home opener. Empire Row is located in Greenlot, pole twenty, all the way down. Like like you can't miss it. It's literally just pretty much yeah, you you can't miss it at all. Uh, we got Jose Santana is going to be performing live. So yes, the same Jose T- Santana that we brought on the show is going to be performing live. I believe. He's got a new Niner song coming out, or or it'll be out by then. I haven't talked to him uh, yet to to see, but I'm I'm pretty sure we'll we'll be having a new Niner song to listen to. All right, just go ahead and bring something for the cooler and something for the grill. We look forward to you joining us. Go ahead and go to patreon patreon.com Forward slash 9 or faithful Radio to check out the rewards we have for you donating to the show. As little as $1 a month, you, you get some pretty dope rewards and uh, help out the show, help us get better guests and all that type of stuff. Um, help me pay my co host too, because he takes a lot of time out of his day. Um, oh, well, you also want to save on ticket purchases? Go to SeatGiant.com, use the promo code NinerFaithfulRadio, all one word, and save as well as help the show out. And Radio AFS has advertising packages for as little as $25 a month. Go ahead and email me at gmail.com, or NinerFaithfulRadio at gmail.com for more information. If uh, anybody has any information on... The Unsolved Homicide of Frankie Santos III. The anonymous tip line is 408-808-4431. Please help bring justice for Frankie. Uh, Rest in peace, Niner brother. Very, very sad. And uh, nobody should have to lose their life over some shit like that. Also, one more thing before we get started today. Go ahead and go to Niner Faithful Radio's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram page. We have our uh, my newest block that's out right now, the uh, Match Report, Niner's Vikings. That's out right now. A uh, big shout-out. Thank you so much, Jack, for being able to get that out so fast. So uh, go ahead and, and check that out. Uh, we go ahead and we got Adam on the line, so let me go ahead and bring him on. What's up, Adam? How you doing, bro? Not too bad, man. How you doing today? Thanks for having me on. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, this is another blessed day, like I say all the time. Anytime you wake up with five-time champions, a good day. <laughs> Try I agree to with you one hundred
0: percent.
1: Try to keep positive, but um. So yeah, Like like uh, we were standing in the green room before we went ahead and went live. That was a little bit that we talked yesterday. I'm with you, Brad. I wasn't really in a Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, talking to a million people type of mood yesterday. I was tired. I mean, um, because out here in the Bay Area, we have what we have, what's called Countdown to Kickoff. Uh, We have the warm-up show, Countdown to Kickoff, pre-game, and then the post-game show, and then the wrap-up show. I basically... There's like four different uh, pre-game and post-game shows that I listen to, so it usually uh, at road games it starts three hours before uh, three hours before kickoff. So, you know, yesterday at a ten o'clock game, you're talking about seven o'clock in the morning when the, when the countdown to kickoff or whatever it's called starts. You know, so I, I essentially I was up at six thirty in the morning yesterday. Um, you know, about six thirty, six forty five in the morning yesterday, all the way till you know what I think the post game wrapped up about three thirty. So I mean you know, that's an horrible uh occurrence. But so it really but um uh, as we were chopping it up uh last time, uh in in the green room as we were chopping it up. I'm with you uh we both pretty much came out that game feeling fairly encouraged by what we saw. I mean, um, so that we got that article that um, I, I told you to pull up and everything right now, just pulling off of that article. I mean, I uh, just kind of going through the list of uh, DeForest Buckner. I mean, uh, I think that anybody who watched the game yesterday, she, already knows default dominated that game. I mean two and a half sacks. Where uh this this is what I thought was interesting. Set a single game career high with two and a half sacks and was the most sacked in a single game by a player since Alden Smith had five and a half sacks against the Chicago Bears in twenty uh twenty twelve. So I think that speaks to the lack of pass rush that the Niners have had since Alden Smith left the team and also speaks to the dominating performance that DeForest Buckner had yesterday. I I, I think that he clearly um, almost single-handedly won us the game on defense. He was huge. That's for darn sure. He was definitely huge. Obviously, we missed Foster out there. Um, Yeah. Wow.
2: You know, all those missed tackles and everything. Thank God on one of those. Um, played by Dalvin Cook, but we missed a few tackles. Warner ended up getting a hand in there, and thank it God for Uncle Shermer recovered it. And that was the yes. at that point of the game, you know, before possibly letting the game kind of slip up, once again, due to those missed mm-hmm. opportunities. But uh huge game by Buckner. Shout out Ari Armstead for all the issues he's been taking for the past shoot. Seems like freaking three years, you know. Uh, had a good performance.
0: <laughs> he was dominating.
2: I don't want to use dominating I like see. he's going to be an all-pro, but it was definitely good to see.
1: Well, I think what you over the what this is your second week as my co-host, th- third week in a row that I've had you on the show. Um, I think that we both have uh, came up with a conclusion that that what you saw yesterday, uh, Dean Lombardi has a really good video out on a, out on Twitter. Oh, speaking of Twitter, before we get started today too. As soon as I get to 200 likes on Twitter, I I will be giving away um, some. I'll be having a a giveaway. I haven't decided quite the prize yet, but I'll be having a giveaway as soon as I get to 200 followers on Facebook. I'll go ahead and uh, I'm at 105 right now,
0: so I'll
1: go ahead and release details on that as I get closer to 200. But I just I I said on my Twitter video. This morning, that I would go ahead and make the announcement on the show. And so, for those who are listening from Twitter, waiting for me to make that announcement, there you go. But um, I think uh, Dima Barty has a very good video out that kind of shows the game that we're going to be playing on the defensive line this year. And while no Mm -hmm. one probably have a permanent game except the Forrest Buckner, I think what you kind of saw. Was how everybody doing their job around Defoe can benefit him greatly. There was there was that the, the particular sack I'm thinking of is the sack that he had the half sack with Blair. Is you kind of saw sure. how you kind of saw how everything collapsed around him. So Kirk Cousins had nowhere to go, and then that's when you saw Defoe being able to be dominant and take him down. And so it's. You have to look at, always have to look at circumstances, so, uh, you know, as we all know, I know that it was their left guard that was, I saw your tweet, I'll give full credit to you um, for this. I saw your tweet about, I know that Pat Efron was out, and it was their left guard that was missing, and one of them was battling back from a back injury, right?
0: Uh
2: yes, left guard Easton was out for the year. Their center Elslein was battling with like an ankle deal, so he was out. And then the right guard Mike Grammer yeah, was, was returning from injury. Uh, I think he had an ankle
1: too, actually. He he was he he was playing though, because I, I specifically remember on one play I just happened to look up and and, and see him. But yeah, well yeah, So it was a a run that you know let's not just let's not you know get too excited and to think that we dominated. I made us think that uh, this is the, the, the Dallas Cowboys line of the 1990s, you know? Yeah. But I think I always say yesterday, I, I was telling people yesterday, the, they say the hardest thing in sports to do is what you're supposed to. They say that's the hardest thing to do is what you're supposed to. So force Buckner should sort have of dominated that game yesterday, considering that he was essentially going up against a backup center and a backup guard. I mean, you know, at some point yesterday, we could say he went up against two backups. DeForest Buckner should dominate. But what was sure. encouraging was that last year and even somewhat his rookie year, he doesn't get those sacks. He gets the same amount of pressures, but he didn't get that finish. And what you saw yesterday that's very encouraging is you saw him finish.
2: I think everyone was kind of like looking at that time to, you know, be able to take advantage of opportunities knowing that we've been so many close so many times of seeming to be not even Mm a half step, you know. It's like a third of a step, literally. It's like the hand is literally three to freaking five inches, you know, away from possibly swatting swatting an arm down, you know, getting a a hand on the ball, just anything along those lines, you know, or you grab by the jersey and end up Quarterback panics and just looks for anything at that particular situation. So it was good to see Uh, some swarms.
1: I I specifically remember a play where Armstead almost had a sack. And it was literally, I think it was was literally maybe right when he had
0: put his hand
1: on Kirk Cousins, I want to say, shoulder pad. Like essentially what happened is he just Kirk Cousins felt the hand go on his shoulder pad and he threw the ball away. And it was a little you know, little things like that that kept on happening with DeForest Buckner over and over and over and over again last year. And the most encouraging part, uh, defensive line wise was that you you seen that DeForest Buckner was able to um finish on those those sacks sure. that he had yesterday. Um Fred Warner, uh, I, I will come on the show, and I will fully admit, I came on this show, and I didn't know what we saw in him. And I thought that he was going to be like a sub-package, you know, coverage linebacker and everything like that. I mean, dare I say that we have the makings, not that it's there yet, but the makings of a of a willis Bowman type of linebacker combination when, when Ruben gets back in in two weeks. Fred Warner is a freaking star
0: in the making.
1: I mean, that was—he had his rookie mistake? but I mean, clearly the 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 man stood out yesterday. Like you said, I mean, uh, Dalvin Cook broke tackles. There 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 was essentially uh, no way he should have been up that far upfield. Up but what I loved about Fred Warner is is he showed awareness to – he had stopped on the play. He had stopped running, assuming that, that when he basically came out that pile of players that he was going to be able to be stopped. But he still had the quickness and, and uh, an awareness to realize once he broke away that, you know, he wasn't down. And then not only to make the tackle but to, to punch the ball out as well. I mean, that was an huge play. The defense uh, – so uh, Fred Warner, definite, definite stock up
2: not wait. And, uh, you know, which brings up obviously the point, you know, as far as missing, missing a foster out there, you know, like before the season started, obviously I'm a huge DeForest Buckner guy. And I knew he was going to be able to, uh, you know, possibly be able to take advantage this year and kind of take that next step forward to have a beastly of a season. And uh, obviously we saw a great sign come week one, but before the season started, I really was thinking to myself, like, I don't want to say he is more important than Buckner, But that guy is just literally the eraser of the defense. He's just flying, you know, sideline to sideline, which you love that much more to be able to pair him up with somebody smart like Warner, who is very good in coverage, so he can be able to Mm -hmm. have that yin and the yang with him. But Foster, I mean, you can literally argue he is the most important player of this defense, and you can tell how much we missed him out there yesterday. And once again, single-handedly, he could have made a difference in the game of, of God knows what. You know, I'm not saying, hey, he plays, we win. But you know, yeah, that guy yeah, in the middle, yeah. he's just that he's just so important in this zone in this zone dominant defense that we play in the scheme. And uh God, I can't wait to have him out in with against the Chiefs. And
0: obviously that's gonna be huge and the perfect time to get him back. You there, my man?
1: Well, in case anyone's still listening out there, it looks like uh, possibly line
2: got drops or something along those lines. So, uh, hold, okay, hold on, on for a
0: second.
1: Out. Awesome, there he is. Could you hear me? Okay, okay. Uh, these, these stupid headphones, they go in and they go out. And oh, I bought like a million well, pairs I... of headphones with the mic on them because I'm just kind of too <laughs> lazy to hold up my phone or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I'm um, going
0: pretty
1: much full Bluetooth. Yeah, I, have to, you know what? I'm probably going to end up having to do that. But so, anyway, uh, long story short, I think that um, DeForest Buckner, right now the second, is our best player on defense. But I think in a year, two, maybe three years from now, you're definitely speaking of Ruben Foster as our, our best player on defense. I think that um, – we it was it was clear that we missed them out there. That that there was no question. I was the first half I was I want. I don't want to say concerned. I wanna say um you know that's not the way we envisioned
0: starting
2: the game, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. I guess that's the best way. Thank you. Kind of clearing me up there. Yeah, that's not how we envisioned. Yeah. But the e- even then The two things that I think you you had to take away from going into halftime was that Minnesota was moving the ball, but they had their own struggles. And that I'd like to see Robert Sala make the adjustments because clearly the defense, you know, played well enough for us to win yesterday. I think defensively, obviously, you know, ideally you wouldn't want to wait till the second half to start playing that type of um, that type of defense. But clearly the, 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 defense played well enough to second half. I mean, three straight three and outs and Kirk Cousins missed his last eight passes. You uh, were only. Got that huge fourth to... down stop.
2: I'm sorry. Third oh, down stop. No. What it was, uh, you know, like third and seven, then obviously uh, Cousins fell a yard short, which was obviously gave us another opportunity to possibly be able to go down and, you know, have the chance to be yeah. able to tie that up didn't go our way, but it was good to see Elijah Lee stepped up and made a big play right there. He did. He 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 did.
1: I I think what you were – I like our depth. I like that you saw Ronald Blair making some plays yesterday. I mean, he had that half sack. There was a couple times where where he he clearly had an effect on on Cousins. I Played think that, that that for Sully. I mean, I mean, to me, that's – what what makes that frustrating, is me frustrated about that, was that was a clear mental mistake. You know, right. that was, that was, was not butt. being aware of the play talk. That no, sir, was clearly not just trying to make
2: a play type of a deal. But, you know, once again, I'm sorry to cut you off there. It's just simply, you know, the oldest yeah. trick in the book to try to draw somebody off sides. And uh, – I mean, you know, this is obviously the guy that's going in his second year in the system, and, you know, obviously he had that week one sputter, but you got to remember all the time and stuff he missed last year, it's kind of like year 1.5 type of a deal. I'm not trying to give him that much of an excuse, but, I mean,
1: you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's – I think this is – it's – What I have to myself, I'm very critical of myself. I have to step back and realize that before the season, I said that this was going to be a team that played better as the year went on. So if you break our season into four four quarters, you know, four four games, four sections of four games, we're going to clearly be playing the last, our best football the latter last four, you Ew. know, games of the year. and I, Of For course, sure. ideally. And that's one of the things why I feel that I'm so bull- bullish on the team is because I feel that that is – that that's how you win. How you can look at a team, like let's just say the both of the times the New York Giants beat the Patriots. you know, how does a team that clearly is an underdog and clearly is not the better team, well, how do they upset a team? It's because, you know, they're they're playing the best football at that time. That's why the football is different than a lot of other sports because, you know, in baseball and and hockey and and basketball, over a seven-game series, generally nine times out of 10, the better team's going to win. The better team will win four out of seven games. In football, it doesn't matter who the better team is. It's who, who's playing the best football at that particular moment or, you know, going into that, that time period. And so that, that's why I I'm agree. very bullish. I, I think the frustrating part about it is if I anticipated it, if we lost if, – if you told me we were going to lose in Minnesota, I figured that it would have happened the way it was the first half. And that's why I got so frustrated as the game was going on is because you could clearly see that Alfred Morris fumble was, was a, was. I don't want to say the turning point of the game, because I feel that the Jimmy G cool pick six was the turning point in the game. Or well, right. Not even the pick six, the, the George Kittle drop that was to play right before the pick six. You could kind of right. feel that that's where the game kind of slowly swung and everything. And so that, I was frustrated because I, you know, PTSD of of past Niners teams is this is kind of what happened with the Niners in in the past is you would see us play this type of game, and then we'd be real close. Like perfect example last year against Philadelphia, people forget that was a two point game going, or it was a one score game going into the two minute two minute warning at halftime, and then what happened? You know, they got the the, the pick six, and then everything snowballed, and the next thing you know, we got blown out. That's almost what I felt was going to happen this game is, is, you know, we're right there, and I'm thinking, oh, shit, we're about to tie this game, and then Alfred Morris fumbles. You know, you're thinking, okay, damn. Then you see George Kittle, you know, drops the ball, which would have been a walk-in touchdown. The next play, they get a pick six, and that's when I kind of expected the snowball to happen. Their encouraging part offensively is to say that everything we went wrong, we we both uh, agree that missed opportunities is the key word for this game. But everything we could sit there and we've been going over the last half an hour, we still had a chance at the very end to tie the game. And I think that right there, a loss is a loss, no moral victories, the, the the moral victories of losing have been greatly exaggerated. Every you know, quote you can think of. But right that right there is a sign of progress.
2: So it's also sign of adjustments a little bit too, right? I mean it was good to kind of see, yep. you know, you know, having that sense of urgency a little bit and continue to chomp at the bed, continue to fight, continue to scrap. And uh, you know, as we mentioned, defense obviously stepped up. Um, you know, and obviously the, the one word that can relate point. back execution, you know, going back to your Patriots saying, you know, it's just one game, whatever, but that's what it comes down to. And, you know, the disappointment that you said you felt over those couple plays, it was because you kind of knew possibly, you know, those two, play, you know, two, three plays obviously I end up deciding the game. And that's how football is. But that's what makes me so fired up for next week.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, clearly, clearly if you give three plays. I'll give Alfred Morris the fumble at the one-yard line. I'll give him that. You say the Pierre Gasson who – see, this is why I feel that people are giving Pierre Gasson and, and Dante Pettis and George Kittle too much of a break on Twitter is because they're saying that those would be tough catches. And I'm not saying that I could necessarily make those catches, but that's why it's the NFL that's why not everybody makes it in the NFL. You, you right. that's why NFL players are the greatest athletes because you're expected to make Pierre Gascon is expected to make that catch. George Kittle right. I, I say George Kittle I, I would say that the first one, the one over his shoulder was clearly the one he should have had more than the the one right is is but with all that said, you know you, you go away encouraged, fired up for next week, and we've seen Jimmy G. Cool looks human. I mean, this this clearly is the worst game he's played in his career. There's there's it's not there's not even a close second.
2: But well, we all know things could me, have been different to the point. You know his whole stat line and everything is different too. To be fair, and uh, you know I have to bring that you know? up.
0: Hey, uh, th-
1: he could have easily had three touchdowns, three picks. I mean, I mean, really, if you think about it, George Kittle catches that one. So even if he has two, you know, three touchdowns, two picks, you know, or, or two touchdowns, three picks, whatever. I think what you got to understand what Jimmy G. Cool is, is I had a person whose football opinion I I greatly um, trust, Coach Tim. Coach Tim was telling me that he, Jimmy G. Cool reminds him of Brett Favre. And Brett Favre, to me, was the equivalent of the Babe Ruth of football. You know why Babe Ruth had the most home runs for so long? Because he swung at everything. You, you know, <laughs> Babe Ruth, it's, it's a famous thing that Babe Ruth had the most home runs for forever, but he also had the most strikeouts. Well, what does that tell you? He just swung at everything. Same with Brett Favre. Is right. it, Jimmy G. Kool will make throws? Especially that, you know, this young in his career. Right. I was gonna say he's, that. He's gonna, gonna 10, make you know. he, well he he's gonna make throws that people are gonna say, why would he make that throw and da 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 da? But then you see the throw to Dante Pettis that was basically off his back foot with no that, that throw was basically just all arm. He he wasn't able to step into that throw, nothing. And you see him make throws like that. That I bet you, you young Kyle Shanahan probably did those. One of those. No, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. He probably Kyle Shanahan would probably make. He did one of those. And for sure, when you're going to have to understand, Jimmy G. Cool is going to throw some picks because he can make throws like that. Now, he, right. now, next time he attempts to make that throw, like he did to, to Pettis for the touchdown, it might be picked off, and everybody's oh, why the hell did you throw that? And he threw it because he had confidence that he was going to make that throw. You know, and that and, ball was and, only there, available for the taking by Pettis, too. Yeah, so I think that what what you got to understand is, you know, um, I think that Niner fans needed this. I think maybe we needed. We needed this to um, the whole. young you know, team needed this as well. Well, well, you know, build adversity, you know, build scars and everything like that, and and you know, it's easy to be a leader when, when you know, and and I think that I call this the Chip Kelly effect, and I, I think that one of the rings things that made the Chip Kelly era so hard to digest. Was you got that false sense of hope? Week one, when we we dominated the Yams,
0: uh, yeah, twenty eight nothing. Lead, yeah. I was
1: there at that game. Yeah, I was I was at at that game, and so you saw oh wow you know twenty eight nothing and you know Navarro Bowman looked great and, and you know you felt the security and then all of a sudden you had um you know the reality of the next what was it twelve weeks. Something like that, you know. You have the reality of losing 12 in a row. So I, I I think this is what uh, I was with my, my um, I I did a video a halftime video on Facebook while me mean, one of my Niner brothers were smoking, and the one of the things I said talking to this Niner fan as we we're walking outside is I said we're not a good enough football team to overcome the mistakes that we did yesterday. And and especially I think this is a game. reality check, and especially yes, especially I mean Shanahan said it himself in his post game press conference. You know, uh, you can't all the things. You know the pen. Well, the penalties fairly. I believe it was. Um, I know it was three. I have the yardage down right here um, in one of my many notes. I know it was three penalties for. Um, da 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 Um uh this is horrible radio. I don't I can't even see
0: no, it. But I it was, was there's only Go ahead see
2: you know, those handicapping us too much, you know, they're kind of just flushing down the toilet type of a thing.
1: Well yeah. I, I, cl- clearly the uh discipline problems that we had seen in the preseason were, were taking care of themselves. I mean what one penalty was the, the the Solomon Thomas jumping offside.
0: Um,
1: mm-hmm. I don't remember any type of holding, you know,
2: um, any yeah, type you. of – huge. I think Lakin got called for one that was kind of BS. I think there was, like, another one that might have been, you know, justified or whatever. Yeah, or yeah, like that,
0: that.
1: Lakin one was yeah. full of bullshit.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Mean, he, got, he was, like, by the armpit area.
2: I was, like – I mean, what? I thought that was accepted.
1: You know what? And uh, I, I haven't gotten your uh, opinion on, on this, Adam, and I'm, I'm curious. How do you feel about the helmet? The 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 you know? Oh God! I am so happy that you
2: know I'm um, forgot his name already. The guy from Friday, you know, that pretty much uh, you know tells Devo, you know, I wouldn't trip when he ended up getting his bike stolen. But uh, I try not to yeah. trip or overreact a lot. I always love to look at things from all angles to justify things. And if I may throw this in there really quick, and sorry, I'll go right back on subject. Let's yeah. not forget about Goodwin getting cheap-shotted and uh, him being yeah. such a huge part of the office being out, being out your first and second string right guard and forcing McGlinchey into action at right guard for his first time. Um, hey,
1: welcome to, welcome to the it was Mike McGlinchey, to me, this is, this is, I think his, his value can't be understated. Because uh, clearly he he was struggling towards the end of that game. Clearly they were bringing pressure in Jimmy G's cool face. But, uh, hello, welcome to the NFL in your first game. By the way, you're playing guard for the first time in your life. By the way, that's one of the
2: best defenses in the NFL and best defensive fronts.
1: Hello.
0: (laughs) Hey.
2: Yeah. Uh Go ahead and go
0: back to
1: Anyways, he tried, but yeah, yeah.
0: and, like, uh,
2: you know, I know some people might laugh at this. Dakota Watson, he was still on number two edge rusher. I thought we were going to b- bring up Peta. We did it. Blair played solid. Yeah. But still, we missed a little of that speed element, you know what I mean, to be able to obviously set up the everybody else. Um, yeah, figured I'd throw it in there. Sorry about that. But uh, back to the helmet rule, I am so glad yeah. I didn't even sniff or notice the peep one bit in any game that I watched yesterday. And obviously it didn't have really- one factor in our game. So I was happy about that. There was,
1: there, there was, there was one. Um, there was?
2: Okay. Sorry about
1: that. Yeah. You're not I heard, about the I,
2: ejection I, on the luck game, did you? Are you talking about that one? Um,
1: um, no, I, I personally didn't watch it, but I just happened to be listening to KMVR this afternoon and they had mentioned sure. it. They said it was actually funny because the one, the penalty that got the most calls and, and, but it flew under the radar. The preseason was um, the whole emphasis on putting all your weight on the quarterbacks. That oh, was yeah, called yeah, yeah. way more than the, the leading with the crown of your helmet. And so um, I, I, I'm glad to see that that's not called because I, I was very afraid. I was very that's afraid. afraid to wait on
2: somebody after?
1: Uh, well, no, no. As far as the the leading with the crown of your helmet, the helmet. Oh, okay. I was very okay. afraid yeah. because I know that I came on here and I said, you know, I expect a 10 and 6 record for the Niners, but I could see that type of that type of, i.e. the the um, Ahmad Brooks on um, Drew Brees, that clearly cost us that game against the Saints, and that's I'll, why that penalty scares me a lot. I'm sorry. Uh, so, yeah, sorry to cut you off. I think that game
2: actually ended up causing us to lose home field advantage, which could have made, instead of playing in Seattle for the NFC championship game, I think it and could have made it playing in uh, Santa Clara.
1: And see, this is the only thing that cautioned people on this whole idea of, oh, it's only one game, it's only one game, it's only one game. True, but if, if you look at the schedule and you break in, you, you, you say, okay, So if you break the schedule and you say I'm a realistic Niner fan, okay, you point to you know I had my theories of of six or of five to seven wins by week eleven, I think that should be good enough. Okay, so then you you say if you're having, let's just say six wins, that means you have five losses. Well then, you got if you're a realistic Niner fan, you would say okay Minnesota, KC, Green Bay. Um, I, I, I'm iffy on San Diego, but let's just for argument's sake throw in San Diego. That means theoretically, he, what? But basically, what I'm trying to get at is how every other game can, is winnable. Exactly. Well, every other game is winnable, but this is my thing about it: is is how do teams? How do teams? Um overachieve. How did the 2011 Niners become 13 and three? Well, they beat teams that they didn't think that they had to beat, And that's the thing that's frustrating is I don't want to sit here and, you know, 14 weeks from now, think, damn, if we would have only won that game in Minnesota. Now it's the first game of the year. So a lot could happen since then. And I don't, I think that, what the, the the thing that mostly take out of this is the the thing that that I mostly take out of this is I don't feel that there's any game the 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 Niners are going to lose more games this year I I, I believe that I think that we're I think so. I, well you saw a team on Sunday that I don't want to say that we weren't prepared I don't want to say that we weren't ready to play I think you just saw that um. We're, we're, we're still working out the kinks, for lack of a better word. So, But, but, but sure. we're going to lose games this year. I think what you saw yesterday and what makes me the most encouraged is I don't think that that Niners fans are going to feel that we're out of any game this year. Nope. I, I don't think we're going to have any games where you just, at the end of the game, where you're just like, we didn't have a snowball's chance in hell. I think what you saw is, is, is if that's the worst that Jimmy G. Cool plays this year, I'll take that every single day and twice on Sundays because that tells me that we're going to be in every game this year. For sure. And, I and if, if, you could have had
2: three touchdowns and one pick yesterday. You know, if a couple Easy. of things go different, I mean, you know, it it wipes out the other ones, you know, like towards the end, that pick in my opinion was just pure desperation, trying to make something out of nothing when you knew that was pretty much do or die anyway. So it's like, yeah, once again, if the, game, if the game score would have been different, I don't think that play ever occurs. You know what I'm saying?
1: And, and I, I, and I think that what you saw a little bit is I'd be curious. I haven't seen it. Um, I know Bruton got 30 snaps. Um, I was actually curious that uh, Morris ran the ball 12 times for 38 yards. Brita, 11 carries for 46 yards. So Alfred Morris had one more carry, uh, but Brita had uh, more yards. But I'd be curious to see the if you could find something and tweet it out this week or something. Or if I find it, I'll tweet it out and, and let you know about it. I'd be curious to see the splits on the second half. Because I don't remember us running the ball that much the second half. And I think that had to do with a little bit of uh, Alfred Morris fumbling the ball. A little bit to do with uh, a good majority of doing with the score. Because you got to think of it. When Jimmy G. Cool throws that pick, it's 24 to 6. You know, that game had the potential uh, at that point. Of becoming becoming semi ugly, and I mean, and that's the thing about it is there's nothing. I think the most important thing to caution Niners fans about this, and and I'll go ahead and get your opinion on on this, is there's nothing that I saw yesterday that makes me think the Niners made a mistake of giving Jimmy G cool seventy four million guaranteed because I didn't see a quarterback that quit. I didn't see his his skill set that you saw, the quick release, the decision-making, the mobility, the, the things that, you know, his, his physical traits obviously didn't diminish. And I saw somebody that inspired his teammates. I don't think the Niners quit yesterday. And I think that has to do a lot with Jimmy G. Cool. I feel that the offense will always take its its temperature from the quarterbacks. I think one of the reasons that you had 2014 happen, and somewhat a lot of 2016 is, is that, you you know, as a quarterback, you have to inspire your teammates. And I believe towards the end of Cap's career as a Niner, uh, his teammates didn't believe in him. They didn't believe that, hey, this man is going to make us come back. We're not out of this because we have Cap. You know, I think that Jimmy G. Cool still says, hey, we are still in this game because, you know, we have Shanahan and everything, but because of number 10. And to me, that's almost encouraging than almost as encouraging as if we would have won yesterday because the worst time to find out. Uh, if your quarterback can ve- uh, face adversity, is in the playoffs. So I think the benefits of losing yesterday, while it sucks, I'm pissed. I really do feel that we should be 1-0 right now and in a lot better mood. I really, really actually do believe that we were going to win that. I was really waiting. I think that's why I was so disappointed in their laid down. is because I was just waiting for that moment to come where it was just, it it was just like, okay, we're back, you know, and, and we're, you know, I was waiting for Jimmy to lead us to victory. And and when it didn't happen, it was disappointing, but uh, I'm going to get your opinion. I mean, did you particularly see anything that made you feel that Jimmy G cool is not our franchise quarterback going forward?
2: No, definitely not. Like I like I simply told you, you know, if a uh, couple couple catches ended up being instead of drops, I really think the mm-hmm. obviously he wouldn't have been in a position where you can easily wipe off two of those interceptions. Just due to the obviously the game would've been different, which obviously would have changed up play calling and everything along that nature. Mm-hmm, you know, those those things go missed a lot of the times. You know, certain plays, you know, cause you to adjust your play calling you know, for either that rest of the drive or for the rest of the game, it just alters things. You know, there's there's no other way to go about it. Um like I said as soon as you were just saying all this right now, you like that totally makes me think, imagine how pissed off, but yet more pissed off in a motivating way the whole locker room is. Imagine how they're feeling right now. There's nothing better in my opinion to go through this once again during week one where you're like, Man, we were we could have been easily right there and easily could have beaten obviously one of the best teams in NFC, one of the Super Bowl favorites, um, according to the oddsmakers. You know, uh, I would probably say, you know, them and the Eagles are probably the top two favorites in the NFC right now. Um, But, yeah, nothing discouraging whatsoever. I I really think this is going to be a good thing. Once again, emphasizing on having to execute those plays. You know, like you can lose lose to the Browns, you know. I'm not trying to make fun of the Browns right now, but I'm just simply saying is if you don't execute a few plays, once again, I hate to be, you know, Captain uh, captain Obvious over here, but a few plays definitely decide, obviously, that it can decide the outcome of the game. And I really well, think, and hopefully they get beat up tonight, I really think we're going to come out firing, guns blazing in a home opener. I think we're going to smack Detroit by more than 10 points.
1: I think so, too. I look, uh, not just because I'm going to be at Empire Row, but, I mean, nobody more than Niner fans should realize that. I mean, you know, you're talking about a team that last year lost five games by three or three or less points. Yep. And this is this is why I think football is is the greatest sport in the world is because you know you break down last year and our 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 one and nine start or one and ten start. Okay. So 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 that that or let's take ten games. We're zero and nine. So we lost five games. By three points or less, so at 0 and nine. Well, now imagine if instead of losing five games in a row by three or less points, let's say we won three of those games. Then you would have Jimmy Imposter. Those
2: easily could have been four or five wins, in my opinion.
1: Exactly. And so now, how you see, instead of going from a six and ten team, now you're an eight and eight, nine and seven team, and all you really did was change one or two plays or sometimes even one play during a game. And so I think that Detroit, it's going to be – Detroit is a good team. You know, let's see it to tonight against the Jets.
2: It's going to be great to be able to tune in and watch.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, my mother's a Lions fan, so uh, I, I know uh, a lot about the misery of the Detroit Lions franchise. A lot, a lot of my mother's side of the family, 99.9% of them are all from Detroit, Michigan. A good majority of them are all Lions fans, so I know well. But Detroit's a good team. But I think that they are. What? I wouldn't be concerned if we lose next week. What I would be concerned, the only way that I would be concerned if we lose last week is if we come out flat. I think that we now it's a fine balance because you don't want to come out too jacked up, you know, as far as the game and everything like that. But I think when you add in the crowd, I think when you add in, um, you know, being at home, the momentum, the the lessons built from last week, um, you know, you in add on sense of urgency. I have a sense of urgency. Sense of urgency. I would be more concerned. If you were to tell me the Niners are going to lose next week, I would be concerned, more concerned of a second half letdown. Wow. I would be concerned. The only thing that concerns me about next week's game is coming up from such a high, high. You know, uh, they got, you know, I'm telling people it's going to be live at Empire Row, and that stadium's going to be rocking. I really honestly believe that in my hearts and hearts. Stadium is going to be rocking the crock, you know. For and sure. so you're here's coming a question me. for you. Yes, go ahead. Uh, I
2: was simply going to say, imagine we had pulled off the upset versus the Vikings, and mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. we are such on a high horse that we missed on opportunities in our home opener against the Lions. Imagine how that feeling would have been. Like I'd rather once again yeah. go through the the sputters week one and continue a strong play instead of being in a possibly reverse where you're celebrating like it is a Super Bowl, you know, week one, and then you yeah. come out and obviously miss XQ against the following
1: team. Hey, hey, you know, Adam, I'm so glad you brought up that point because you know what? I think almost what would have happened is, uh, I mean, pretty much essentially what you would have said, but what I was talking about when I talked about the, the false sense of security with Chip Kelly that happened in 2016 after we we dominated the Yams is right. I think to get kind of what you're saying is I think that being Minnesota would have gave us a false sense of, of uh, inflated ego. I think that if we were to walk in, we would have beat Minnesota, especially considering that how we played yesterday, I think that would have gave us a false sense of how good we are. And there's nothing worse than having a false sense of how good you are because there's nothing crush. There's, I didn't see the Niners, you know, at the highest, of the high, you know, beating a team. We had no business, you know, beating and lost the next week to a team. We had no business losing. And there's nothing worse than that crash,
0: you know? Right.
1: So exactly. I think sometimes as fans, we tend to look at one week and our, 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 especially now that we do, we essentially do a, a a game reaction show. It's essentially our job to, t- you know, to to have a, a reaction over yesterday's game and everything like that. But I think that as the season unfolds and, and we take a step back and we we see the, un- I think the benefits of this game are going to be felt in week 12. You know, I, I think the loss. And the humbling feeling, and uh, getting Jimmy G. Cool's first loss, and even seeing how he reacts—you know, seeing seeing when he show, when he showed up today in the office and watched the room, how did he react? You know what I'm saying? And, I'm sure he's fired up, Brady style. You know, saying we got to go get it this week. Yep, exactly. And and I mean. You know, how is his teammates responding? Now, these are things that you and me are privy to, and we will probably never find out. But, you know, uh, if Jimmy G. Cool's first loss was going to come this year, which pretty much obviously was, I'm glad we went ahead, got it out the way. That's a game that I, I don't think the Niners should feel embarrassed that we we lost to the to the to that to that Vikings team I think there's no shame in, in losing to a team that you know is a legit Super Bowl contender and you know I think the Niners as it's constituted right now this very second on September 10th 2018 are not quite there yet now Maybe there's some things in the season that can happen. Maybe some players get hurt. You know, maybe Aaron Rodgers goes down. You know, you know something like that. Then maybe we're talking a different story. But definitely, uh, before we get out of here, Adam, um, just uh, last little uh, little bit, and, uh, last little sayings you have on on this week's game.
2: My uh, last
1: my input over this this week's game. Yeah, just last little.
2: Well, I'm gonna give uh, the 49ers faithful a little positive news. I ended up tweeting out about it a few times. Once again, once again, catch me, catch me. Yeah, sorry about that. At 49ers Insiders. Um, but it was good to play our road 10 a.m. game on the opener, where we were coming off a full rest and everything. So you had all of yesterday to start the recovering process. And once again, the Lions are playing on Monday Night Football today. Hopefully, they get kind of beaten up against the Jets, and they have to travel. Obviously, all the way to the West Coast, um, to Santa Clara, where they're going to play us this upcoming Sunday. So, literally, the 49ers staff, in my opinion, well, the, the players at least, the staff will have a little more time, but you're essentially almost two more nights of preparation that the Lions are going to be behind on. So, those are two things right there. Rest and preparation are two things you got to take advantage of. I really don't see how we don't come out guns blazing next week. Obviously, having a couple things in our uh, – you know, a couple things in our favor as far as once again the, the rest and the preparation factor. Uh, I think Person Gar- Garnett said he should be good to go. Person should be good to go. Goodwin should be good to go. He returned actually a little bit yesterday um, and he decided yeah, to take the, him the, back out. Back I like that back move. And uh, hopefully Malcolm Smith will be available. That'll be a nice boost. People forget we were without our top two linebackers yesterday, you yeah, know? Yeah. Technically speaking.
1: I think the absence of of Malcolm Smith can't be understated.
2: He would have been better off than Coyle, obviously. You know, I'm pretty sure he's ahead of the death chart.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly Malcolm Smith would have been better than Brock Coyle. Could All right, Adam, well, um, there you go. Um, I, we will catch you next week. Um. Have a blessed week, man. Um, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll text you in a few. There's a, a, a couple other uh, like maintenance type of things that I want to – some maintenance questions and some things I have for you. But I'll text you in a few. I'm just going to go ahead and wrap up the show. And uh, we'll talk to you one, next man. week. Thanks for having All me right, on. The the show, have a good one. Yep, you too. All right, we appreciate Adam hanging out. Um, before we get out of here, I'd like to thank Adam for hanging out. Remind everybody to go to cgiant.com, use the promo code Niner Faithful Radio to save on ticket purchases. Go to patreon.com, Niner Faithful Radio, to donate to Patreon. And um, yeah, all the stuff I said in the beginning. I shall right, so see y'all next week. So then, peace, love, and happiness. All right, so see y'all next week. Same back channel, same back time. So then, peace, love, and happiness. Go Niners.